Welcome to the My St Albans podcast. Local people talking about the local area and their lives. For licensing and copyright reasons, we're unable to include the music originally broadcast with this episode. Here's Matthew Big. And good evening and welcome to My St Albans, show number 13. And tonight, folks, we have... We're, well, we're, I'm very excited. We're very honoured. We have Mr St Albans himself on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr Bob Golden. <laughs> that, that, you've rehearsed that intro, haven't you, Matt? That's great. Matt, big ladies and gentlemen, one of my St Albans heroes, and that answers question number three. Right, moving on. I always... Evening, Bob. How are you? Well... Oh, hello, mate. Yeah, lovely to be on. Up, I always muck up the intros. I'm, I'm, I get sort of... I want people to sort of feel quite relaxed when the word go, and sometimes I get a little bit jittery. But um, also, I, I'm not sure you need an intro. You oh. are... You are who you are. No one needs to know. You know, everyone knows what you do. It's amazing. Oh, bless you. Uh, I mean, uh, I think you probably could invest in some Kenny Everett style jingles that kind of do the do the the hype for you. You know, rather than trying to find uh, uh, words like Mister Mister St Albans. <laughs> you are Mister St Albans, but well, I will invest in a jingle. I do like that idea. I'll we'll do that. one together, can't we? Yeah, it's the we'll Magic do. Show. Come on. So, um, Bob, we are we're in January 2021. How how are you? Are you well? All right, mate. Yes. Clinging on. Clinging on. Can you see the whites of my knuckles? Uh, No, it's all right. You know, I'm I'm more fortunate than most uh, and uh, and still finding things, certain things tough. So um, it's that's how you've got to look at it. But whatever your situation, really, haven't you? Because there's always someone worse off and someone else yeah. better off. So, uh, yeah, to answer your question quickly and uh, in short, I'm fine, mate. Thank you. And you are Good. too, by the sounds of it. I'm loving these yeah. shows. Oh, thank you. That's very kind. Um, this is my small like segment of entertainment I'm putting on the world. Your your CV is slightly longer than mine. Um, yeah. Um, what do you want to talk about? What 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 out of the plethora of stuff have you done? What What's been the highlight for you? During lockdown, you mean, or the three lockdowns? Just everything, entertainment-wise. I'm talking. What for me, you, you know, everyone knows you from the Panto, and that's an easy thing to talk about. But you've done so much stuff. Oh, you mean my career? Uh, yeah. Wow. Oh gosh, I don't mind talking about anything really. I, I think any performer actor uh, will say that you know, if you're known for just one thing, then you you, you feel slightly hemmed in. So you've got to have as many. Uh, fingers in as many pies as you can really as you go because um, it's always uh, the industry is redefining itself every day so if you just stick to one thing great you'll be good at that one thing but then you'll lose out on all the other things as well and and as a, a father of four uh, uh, you, you know you have responsibilities to 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 make sure that things are, are coming in and, and going well so I've tried to keep my career as varied as I can whilst stumbling luckily upon other things like my voice uh, over career or um, I mean it brings me to St Albans really in that in the, when I first moved to St Albans in 99 uh, I got the job of uh, being one of the voices or two of the voices of tweenies uh, for mm. tweenies on BBC and that was um, they filmed that at Elstree so just by pure chance at that time um, I thought, well, let's. I know St Albans of old. Um, I, perhaps I'll look around there, and that's what brought me here. So, and, and it's all, sort of luck, really. I think if you say, right, I'm going to be a serious actor, which is what I wanted to be originally, um, uh, the, the industry kind of decides for you, decides otherwise. You can really focus on one thing, but then someone will tap you on the shoulder and say, oh, would you mind just doing a little voice for this thing we're pitching to the BBC? It's a preschool kid show, you know. Okay, great, yeah. And you do it on tape uh, and send it off. And then suddenly, tweenies happened, and that was, huge, that was a four-year job that just completely changed my career. So I think any any pre-decided choices that you make in this uh, industry is probably foolish. So we could talk about any of them, mate, any. Yeah, no, it's good. I just, well, look, I think people in St Albans know you in terms of the pantomime, but I, I know, look, I've, I've met you a few times. I'm very privileged to know you in that respect. And I think there's other stuff you've done. And I just wanted to, you know, uh, touch on that. Um, yeah. So, which is, you know, which is good. And um, thank you also, thank you so much for doing the show. I really appreciate, you know, I, um, you are very, very busy all of the time and to give up uh, half of, 
you know, uh, an evening with me to have a little chat. <laughs> I, I really appreciate it. Oh, so thanks. I, the feeling is entirely mutual, Matt. I've, I'm a big fan of this show. Um, I love the former anyway, you know, because when you interview someone, you often just get um, stuck to one particular area. And I think this this gives you a chance to kind of explore the other medium that is so wonderful and has probably saved me through lockdowns is music. You know, it's the greatest, yeah. the, the wonderful force of nature that, uh, that brings us all together. And um, it's, it's great to be able to choose some tracks. Yeah. Oh, good. So let's go. We have seven questions, seven songs. Ooh. Question number one. Are you ready? Go on there, mate. Okay. St. Albans, when did your relationship with the city start? My relationship with St. I feel like Alan Partridge now at this radio show. Well, it's uh, way back in 1980, uh, 80, 80 probably. Uh, let's do a normal voice. Um, my brother, uh, I grew up in northeast London, Chingford. My parents are still there. Uh, my brother was very much into remote control boats, and uh, we couldn't afford to buy one at the time. So my parents found out that a, that a park in Hertfordshire somewhere called Verulam Park Oh, Verulamian Park um, does uh, has a, a, a lake there for remote control boats. So we came along to St Albans. I'm guessing around eighty, nineteen eighty, maybe a bit later, eighty one, eighty two. My brother's three years younger. I was uh, eleven or twelve, and uh, it happened to be on the uh, August Bank Holiday Carnival when they did the carnivals. Remember, St Albans yeah, did a yeah. huge carnival, and so we we met. I don't know how we did this, but we managed to find somewhere to park on Hollywell Hill which is where the carnival parades down. And I was absolutely agog. Hang on a minute. There's a city that does a huge, great big carnival past you. It's, I've never seen anything like it. In The nearest we got to that in Chingford was uh, when the craze died uh, and the cemetery at the top of the mount uh, where, where we lived, they were buried the craze there. And once we had a, a cortege of carn- of um of uh you know the mourners coming past with celebrities in it like Diana Dawes and what have you that was the kind of biggest thing to happen to Chingford then but come to St Albans to see this huge carnival with floats we were we fell for it we really did and so for quite a few Sunday afternoons we came up and watched uh watched the remote control boats with my brother it was an excuse really because uh, we were excited by the by the city and by the vibe and it's a shame that that carnival doesn't happen anymore really isn't it yeah there was talk about bringing that back actually I don't I don't yeah. know. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's a that's a joint project we need to think about. Yeah, we did. Just I mean, we did try. We'll we'll touch on that a bit later, I'm sure. Yeah. But um, we did yeah. try and do a sort of music festival um, a few years ago. Uh, but yeah. no, that was that was my earliest memory. And then I when I went to college in in Hitchin, um, which is another story. But uh, I'll cut short. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I met my first girlfriend, Joss, who, who was from St Albans, and we used to come up to St Albans or across to St Albans from from Hitchin uh, and we'd go and eat at um, Kyriakos on Hollowell Hill the the Greek restaurant which is now sadly gone as is Sabas who ran it and and Kyriakos himself there's a, there's a whole story there do you know about that story Matt of, of Kyriakos no talk tell me let's go oh mate it's well I mean I, I don't know if lawyers might be involved here but the guy who ran it Mr Kyriakos all those years ago it was in this big Interpol story where he'd murdered, <laughs> this is absolutely true, he'd murdered his wife, his, 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 well, his, yeah, he'd murdered his wife and mother-in-law um, on a holiday in, in Egypt or something, uh, and then uh, faked his own death. This I'm not making this up. Oh, faked his own death in Haiti, got a death certificate, and then carried on running Kyriakos on Hollywell in St Albans. Um, and then they got him, and they took him back to uh, Egypt, where I believe they executed him. It was, I mean, it's quite a story. Uh, and yeah. they, uh, there was a TV documentary about it somewhere uh, a few years ago, someone told told me. And um, I was blown sideways. I mean, he was a real character. I don't know if you ever went there in the 80s. It, it no, no, no. Very, he had a very deep voice. Hello, Bob, like this. Hello, Bob. And a massive, great big black beard went down to his chest and sort of hung there. And he smelt, you know, really manly and sweaty and brought to your satsiki and calamari um and so that's my earliest memories of st albans and and of course going to all the pubs my first pub was uh the wonderful lower red lion on fishball street um and and it was christmas as well with my with my girlfriend and i remember just falling completely head over heels in love with this they served real ale which is when real ale was unfashionable uh and 
it was just it felt like a proper old pub you know like a really welcoming front room like every good pub should be um and yeah that started a long romance of uh, falling in love with St Albans wow some great stories i uh, i need to google that greek guy oh uh, kyriakos yeah yeah he was phenomenal and his assistant sabas who sadly died a couple of years ago, him and Sylve, they took over the business and ran it. And it was wonderful. It was my favourite restaurant in St Albans for years and years and years. And uh, when it went, then obviously there are still a few other good uh, Greek restaurants in in the city, which is quite rare, really, for a a small city uh, to have a couple of Greek restaurants. But, um, yeah, and I lived in Greece, so that that kind of rekindled all those memories for me because the food was amazing. So, yeah. There, there we go. That's the very earliest memory and what sort of sparked my love of St. Albans, which then led me to becoming one of the tweenies and it just coincidentally being uh, down the road in Elstree. And I didn't drive at the time, so I thought, I'll buy a house in St. Albans, which is what I did. I moved to Alma Cut down by uh, the, the, the cinema, down the bottom of London Road yeah. there behind the Great Northern. Uh, and uh, that started a whole whirlwind of adventures in 1999 which uh and i left in uh, 2015 yeah so yeah excellent excellent um moving swiftly on what's your first song what have you got for us first song oh yeah well it's bob marley uh three little birds and basically um when i left home at 16 uh i the the latter end of term uh i did a drama course at north hearts college um I was having to get up so early and my dad, bless him, was taking me to the station to get the train up. And they just said, look, let's let's get you a little room somewhere. So I had this room in an old boy's house in Hitchin called Joe Farr. He had no teeth, two dogs. It was colder inside the building than it was out. Uh, And I had a bed, a single bed, which only had three legs, which was propped up with books. Uh, And I had a little cassette player. And um, the only album I had at the time uh, was Bob Marley legend and I just I remember getting there for the first night and I had all my clean clothes and everything that my mum had prepared for me put it all in the drawers and sat in my bed my little three three-legged bed put the cassette in press play and this song uh, just takes and me that was there. Three, three Little, little Birds, Birds by Bob Marley, Bob Marley. Oh, yeah. what a lovely what a lovely tune to start with yeah a bit of positivity and it yeah. is I mean it's it uh, Bob Marley what a huge huge musical influence he was uh, uh, for so many people including myself uh and i'd still you know still one of my favorite albums legend uh every single track on it is a is a number one hit really isn't it could you be loved mm. and uh redemption song amazing uh, just just phenomenal I, I love bob excellent so um this might be a little bit tricky but sum up your you know sum up your st albans in three words yeah, I think this is probably the trickiest question, actually, Matt. Yeah. Because I, at first I thought, do you mean consecutive words, as in, it is nice? Or, or did you actually mean three adjectives, you know, describing what what, what it means to me? I, I, I would imagine the latter. Yeah, let's go for the latter. Um, I, think, <laughs> <laughs> I think history, obviously, because it speaks for itself. The people... Oh, incredible. I've met so many people that have changed my life since moving to St Albans. Uh, and I've got to say the pubs, history people pubs, they're, they're the three words. Because the pubs, yeah. that when I first moved to St Albans, I, I took a while finding my pub. Because I was right on the other side of town there at the bottom of London Road. And I used to walk to the uh, Lower Red because it was the one that I really knew and loved at the time. Um, and then realised I was passing a few really cool pubs and looked quite busy and quite vibey and there was stuff, there was live music going on. Uh, and it was then, because uh, I was working on Tweenies at the time, and the head chef at the canteen at, at Elstree was from St Albans and he drank it in the White Lion. And uh, so I started going in there with him. And the first time I went in there, Darren Ward, who was the manager there at the time, uh, the landlord, uh, brilliant, the best landlord in history. I think he was absolutely fantastic. Uh, he said, oh, hi, you know, nice to meet you. What are you having? Adnams? Adnams? Okay, no problem. And then I went in there about three or four days later, and of all the people in there, he just went, oh, hello, Bob, uh, pint of Adnams? He knew straight away yeah, yeah. what I wanted, and this was my kind of town. You know, this was, they. The, I was, what, uh, 29, 28, 29, um, and 
to going into a pub like that where the landlord knew your name the second time you went in and what you drank, uh, I was really bowled over by that. And and that became my local for, for a long, long time. Uh, and then, of course, the, the fighting cocks. And I mean, we're so spoiled. I think when I moved there, actually, correct me if I'm wrong, you probably know better than me, but there was something like 80, 80 pubs in St Albans District. Is that right? Does that sound yeah. right? Yeah. A few years ago, before before sadly some of them turned into houses, I think we had the the most amount of pubs per square meter of anywhere in the UK. Was it per square um, meter? Wow! It was really, it was insane. Like there were so many pubs, and the good thing about I know you talk about the lower red lion, and I think it does feel like someone's front room, which I love. Yeah, you're fighting. You know, um, the good thing about the pubs in St Albans is if you arrange to go to meet someone in a pub, you always you wherever whichever pub that is you're always going to go past another pub to get there yes and i quite like that that you go i'm going to meet you there but i might stop somewhere else on the way or on the way back and i i love that about our pubs in st august there's so many and and also they're they each have their own personality and they each have their own kind of feel to it and they're all doing different stuff and i regardless of what kind of night you want, you'll always find it in one of those places. Yeah, it's the magic of, of a really good community, I think. And if you go to all those other lovely, you know, famously uh, nook and cranny type places like York and, uh, you know, little Cornish villages, and there's always little side streets, but not really in sort of home county towns. Well, or at least I hadn't experienced that at the time. But now we know that obviously St Albans is full of those little nooks and crannies. And, you know, the um, the Gary Baldy on Albert Street, just tucked away yeah. down there. You wouldn't even know it was there. It's fantastic. And one of the greatest secrets of, of St Albans is, of course, the, the, the garden at the White Lion is huge. We did, yeah. we, we did a festival there in, um, I think it was 2000, 2001, um, Lionheart, uh, myself and Darren, the, Darren Ward, the landlord at the time, um, and uh, uh, Martin Brown, who was at the White Hart Tap, we saw. Yeah, I remember yeah, Martin. Yeah, yeah, he is an absolute legend of St Albans. Yeah. really was. And um, so we put our heads together and said, "Look, let's do a charity-based um, music festival." Uh, sadly, we had one complaint, which stopped it uh, a couple wow. of years after. We did it for a couple of years, but we did raise quite a lot of money for Heathland School and a, f- a few other smaller local charities. But but we put on something like sixty bands over the weekend. It was it was amazing. And half of it was in the White Lion Garden, and the other half was in the the White Heart Tap Garden, which was and, and I thought the name was great, Lion Heart Festival. It was perfect, you know. And we um, we put a big stage up and a massive PA and generators and everything. It was it was really exciting, uh, and we did barbecue food outside. And I mean that was the August Bank Holiday that kind of replaced the carnival in a way, I suppose. But um, yeah. but we've always finished just as the fireworks were about to start in um, in the park. So it looked like we'd organised that, which made it look <laughs> much better. Always, yeah. Always go on the back of something else. That's what I say. <laughs> always do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, um, well, we'll talk about the carnival later because um, I think we're ready for your next song. Um, I think you've got a bit of Bowie for us. Is it? Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, who who doesn't love David Bowie? I mean, absolute huge impression on so many people. And I, my earliest member of David Bowie was going on a holiday to Clavelli in in the Devon Cornwall border there uh, and we had a few albums we had Louis Jordan uh, the best of Louis Jordan all those really great jump jive hits and and my mate my best mate Glenn he he put cha- um, uh, Hunky Dory on and Changes was I think it's the first track and absolutely it mesmerized me and has done ever since and it does something funny to you when you hear that those opening chords just progressing to 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 him starting to sing it does put a tingle down your spine, I think, and even more so knowing that well, we, we've lost a genius. But, yeah, Changes, David Bowie. And that was Changes by the man himself. Um, <sighs> great tune. Thank you for that. It does do funny things to you, doesn't it? It's, and yeah. also, it's kind of appropriate for now as well. You know, we are all going through massive changes and hopefully working towards a better situation that we're in. Yeah, I hope so. I think... Um... God, it'd be interesting to see what he made of the current situation. Um, yeah. Well, um, he called it, didn't he, ages ago? He called yeah. it years ago, as as did many other celebrities who were, I kind of, I, I like to think of healthily cynical about modern life and where <laughs> where it's heading. Um, yeah. And, you know, well, pop, hopefully pop, pop culture does eat itself. 
Yeah, but yeah, as you say, hopefully, um, yeah, better better outlook uh, for this year. Hopefully, we'll, good changes, uh, good changes. changes. Yes. Um, moving on, question number three. Um, oh. um, how you doing anyway, Bob? Are you are you well? Are you still energy still good? Or yeah, with regards to the show, you mean? Yeah, I'm not waiting. Yeah. I'm not. Well, I've got a cup of tea here. I'm fine. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> so, um, yeah, question number three: Who is your St Albans hero? Uh, yeah, this is a really good question actually there's so many figures within the city that you you look at there um i mean there's the unsung heroes that because uh, i always get because i'm on the on the front of all the posters for panto people come up and say oh you're St Albans legend but there's a whole team of people behind the panto paul hendy and emily hendy who uh, from evolution productions who put it on every year they're really the kind of the game changers that 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 made things great in St Albans as far as the panto is concerned they they brought their incredible production uh, values to St Albans a year before I came actually with Peter Pan um, and Ben Roddy was was um, uh, the uh, the who was he Smee I think that year and he directed um, and then he went back down to Canterbury but the Hendys they just are one of these families that you kind of sit back and go how do they do this they run a really successful pantomime company with uh, ten or eleven. Uh, shows around the country they've got three kids uh they're, they're never in the same place at the same time it's just busy 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 how you know the marriage is strong the company's strong and when you go and see one of their shows the quality's there they spend the money in the right places and and uh, i like to think pick the right people to be in them as well so uh they're, they're, that's one of one of my sort of st albans unsung heroes but if you're talking about specifics to st albans you could mention christo to the fighting cocks and Sean at Dillon's and people that really campaign and try to make this city a, a better one for the community with going against all the government and council legislations and all that kind of stuff. It's a tough old cookie that they're having to wade through. So massive, you know, doff of the hat to them. But for me, my personal hero is Richard Marrett. Uh, I don't know if you know Richard. He, yeah. He's the manager at the uh, at St. Michael's Manor. Um, I know Used to run the uh, the wonderful Rose and Crown down there on um, uh, uh, St Michael's Village, uh, and he's been so so lovely to us uh, as a family, but uh, but also as a mate. Uh, supports the Panto, and uh, you know he's always there to help people. And as soon as lockdown happened, uh, we were it coincided with uh, Nikki and I being homeless because we'd ordered a new we live on a boat so we we just ordered a new boat we designed it all with the kids in mind and uh it's something the dream that we've worked to towards for for a few years now and we were kind of stuck for places to live and he said look please please come and have one of the empty rooms above the rose and crown i said well i must give you some money he said no no i don't want anything for it just thank you you know for all the work you do at st albans we'll look after you as much as we can and and he gave us these it was two rooms that were empty above the pub and 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 then lockdown happened, um, and the pub shut, and uh, so we couldn't live there anymore. So we went to live with a mate, and then he phoned Richard, phoned saying, "Look, have you got stuff?" And said, "Well, we haven't been to the supermarket yet. Don't worry." He said, "I'll, I'll go off and do." And he went to Booker's and he bought loads of stuff and turned up on our doorstep, socially distanced, and gave us bread and and you know hand wash and toilet rolls <laughs> and all the things that we needed. We didn't ask; he just did it, and that kind of sums him up really. And He's, uh, he'd hate me saying all this, I know, because he's a very modest man. But yeah, uh, yeah. That, that's what this show is all about, I guess, in that these are the people that should be highlighted uh, as, as the heroes of St Albans. He really, really cares. And if you've ever stayed at St Michael's Manor, then hopefully you've had that experience as well, because he, he runs that ship very, very tightly and, and beautifully. And it is a yeah. real treat. I've got mates that come up from London just to stay at the manor because it, it's their kind of uh, little weekend of luxury, you know, and they, they love it. And he, he's doing such a great job there. And my heart goes out to the, all the hospitality pe- uh, people working in hospitality at the moment, because it's a, a struggle, you know, restaurateurs and people that work in the bars and the pubs and running hotels. Uh, so against all odds, he's still popping up with all his positivity. He texted me the other day, I've got a great idea for something when all this finishes a summer festival that we can do in the in the grounds. And, you know, he's always thinking outside the box. And uh, so he is definitely my number one St Albans hero, Richard Merritt. Yeah, yeah he, 
look, I I don't know him that I I know him, but not that well. I obviously I know Sean and I know Christo, and it, it, they're the, I think they're the similar type of person. They're built in the same way, and when what I like about the people that you've mentioned, Bob, is that, and I can only use Christo as an example. You ask a question, and he will say yes. Yeah. And then a couple of days later, he'll say, what was the question? (laughs) And what I love about that is there's so many people who are willing to do something, whatever that is, and they're willing just to go, yes. Absolutely. Regardless. And then they go, yeah, well, what what was it that we we said? Oh, yeah, of course, yes. But what was it? Yeah. No, entirely. That's it. I mean, it's so amazing. I think it's so amazing. And uh, just on your point about that hotel is, I have a friend who lives in Oxford and he has his anniversary there every year. Yeah, there we go. It's I mean, and it's right slap bang in the middle of the city. So it's 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 yeah. it's kind of tucked away, obviously, but it's up there uh, with, with I mean, we were really lucky one year. One of the first years we moved away from St. Albans, sadly, we um, Nicky and I didn't know where to stay during Panto. And he said, oh, yeah, I'll give you a deal on the room. One of the rooms there. So we, we lived at St. Michael's Manor for the entire oh, month. Uh, it's amazing. Amazing, just incredible. Just nipping down to the bar, love, for a glass of wine. I'll be, I'll be back up in time for Midsummer Murders. Don't worry. Yeah, it was incredible. I was, um, well, one of the other reasons why I was so grateful to him, really. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow, what a story. Um, moving on. Um, yeah, song song number three. Is it? Oh, yeah. Song okay. number three. Song number um, three. Well, David Bowie l- loved this guy. Uh, and and often talks of him. And uh, for me, I remember seeing an interview with uh, Little Richard and just being, it's out there, it's it's doing the rounds now, I think, on Twitter and it's on YouTube. Uh, if you can, just, just have a search of it. And he is at the height of his game and uh, just, I mean, he, he he's pushing all the boundaries of, of uh, gender, of... Uh, being a rebel, of being a musical genius, of just expressing yourself creatively, and and doing it with such panache and uh, you know that rebellious streak that rock and roll and pure rock and roll should have. Um, and and I saw that you got Tutti Frutti on the list, so Little Richard doing this is just off. The and scale, that was Tutti Frutti by Little Richard. Welcome back to uh, My St. Albans on Radio Verulam. Um We have the amazing Bob Golden with us. Um, thanks, Bob. Once again, really appreciate you giving up your time. Um, ah, pleasure. So, this is a good one. What's your hidden gem? Yeah. I mean, th- that's a great questions, Matt, I've got to say. I, th- I mean, there are so many places. Oh, I mentioned the, the garden at the White Lion, didn't I, earlier? Yeah. Uh, which I think in the summer and, you know, post-COVID, it's it's a must do because and they often do the uh, barbecues outside as well, which is great. You just sit there in the sun, have a pint, um, and it's just tucked away. You know, it's so lovely tucked away. That's probably one of them. But the the other one, I'm a big um, uh, aircraft enthusiast. I love all the the vintage aircraft and the air shows, and and I've managed to get my son Ernie into it as well, who's eleven. And so um, to have the De Havilland Museum on our doorstep, just down the road near the M25 yeah. there. Uh, is amazing. It is such a little treasure trove of of uh, aviation history. So I think that's that's my secret sort of uh, pleasure place. Really, Ernie and I go there, and you can. I don't. I've not been there sort of in the last few months, obviously, or, not, or in the last couple of years, really. Uh, but you used to be able to go into the cockpit of the aeroplanes and sort of get into some of the planes, which a lot of museums, air museums, Duxford doesn't. You know, um, Shuttleworths they don't. That you just you watch it from afar, but at the De Havilland, you can actually get in some of the aircraft. It's fantastic. And when I took Ernie when he was like six, he absolutely loved. He was a pilot for a day, you know. He just sat there. Going, <laughs> what does that button do? It doesn't matter. Oh, that does the flaps on the wings and the, the ailerons. And oh, it's just it's a, it's a real place. And now they've got two mosquitoes there, I believe, uh, fully restored, which is the only place in the in the world I think that's got uh, to. Uh, obviously the home of uh, um, the uh, creation of the, the mosquito uh, the multifaceted aircraft of the second world war and be and before and beyond uh, so yeah that that place is great it's got a little shop as well that sells airfix models and i got ernie into airfix and uh nicky always laughs at me when i go oh i've got another airfix model come through and 
she she's like, uh, is it for you or for Ernie? And I was like, well, oh, no, well, it's yeah, of course it's for it's for Ernie. It's you know, yeah. it's always for Ernie. I've got a stash under the bed of of all these <laughs> FX models that I'll start doing soon. That's a great hidden gem because I look, I I know that museum. I've been there a couple of times, and um, but not many people will know about that. No, and it's so it, close it, as well. It's five minutes in a car from yeah. the town centre. Um, yeah, it's really it's really nice. Surrounded by fields, it's yeah, really nice. Well, my um, uncle worked at uh, De Havilland. Well, he actually worked at British Aerospace, which was was used to be De Havilland, and he he was part of the design team on uh, Concorde. Funny enough, and he designed oh. the uh, the uh, air conditioning system in it. Uncle John, bless him, he's gone now, but he was uh, a legend in our family and lived in Royston, but obviously travelled every day to Hatfield to, to to work there, and so it kind of has a little place in my heart as well. But when I first discovered it, I was absolutely over the moon because it's it's you don't have to go uh, all the way up to cambridge duxford to 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 see the aircraft you can just go five minutes down the road it's so brilliant there's a little cafe you can have a cup of tea you can go around as many times as you want there's loads of aircraft and historical uh artifacts there and models and it's just brilliant it's a real gem oh yeah well thank you for that i'm sure I'll, uh, any listeners that haven't been there you know go and go and check it out there and support them they're, they're um they will appreciate it, I'm sure. Yeah, they're always chatty there, and they always they'll yeah. always help you out. If you say, "What's this?" and they go, "Well," and they you know they they talk to you for hours about it. Uh, originally, the design of this was uh, 1927, and I've I've got the blueprints here actually. Do you want to see it? And you go, "Oh, right, okay." Perhaps I shouldn't have asked that question. Yeah. I'm, I'm there for a few more hours than I wanted to be, but it is a real lovely place. Oh, lovely. Um, so, uh, Bob, we're we're God, we're caning it through here. I hope you're okay. Um, yeah. What, Number four, what have you got for us? Oh, man, this is going to make me cry. Uh, I was really, really lucky. That, I mean, the Auburn Arena, as you know, I'm the patron of the Auburn Arena. Uh, I've been so lucky to be that patron because I've seen some of my absolute all-time music heroes on that stage. I saw Dr. John there, and it was it was half full, you know. And, uh, and I, I could stand right at the front of the stage and lean on it and watch my musical hero playing the piano and Oh, it was just amazing. But one of the guys that we saw, it was a packed out night because everyone loves him, was Jimmy Webb, who uh, who wrote the song Wichita Line Man for Glenn Campbell. And and Jimmy does a great version. I was hoping you had the Jimmy version on the on the list, actually, but it wasn't there. But obviously the classic version of this song with Glenn Campbell is is absolutely uh, it's just it's I think it's probably one of the most beautiful songs ever written. Wichita Line Man by by Jimmy Webb, uh, performed by Glenn Campbell. And that was uh, Which the Line Man uh, by Glenn Campbell. That was, that, you're right, that is a beautiful song. I, I haven't heard that. Oh, it gets uh, you right in the feels, doesn't it? Yeah, thank you for that. That is uh, quite beautiful. Yeah. Um, you, you're, you do have, uh, uh, obviously, a, a connection to uh, the St Organs Arena. Um, yeah. I... I, I, I was lucky enough to have Vicky Arledge on the show and um you know we're we're you know we were talking about your good self as you do and we were talking about the Auburn Arena and I think one thing I'd I'd say Bob is that not everyone has the the luxury of going to the theatre and uh, you know it's not a uh, it's not everyone's uh you know first choice of entertainment no. but a lot of people will go once a year um and that might be the only time that they ever go to the theatre. And yeah. that, that is for Panto. And my kids have been there. Everyone, everyone that is listening, their kids have been there. And I just want to say, you know, you do a phenomenal job. You really, you know, I think someone said to me the other day, I said, oh, who have you got coming on your show? And I said, oh, Bobby. Said, oh yeah, we, we, we go and watch him in Panto. <laughs> and I think for me, that sums it up. People don't go to St Albans Panto. People go and see you. And I just wanted to cut the interview and just say thank you for that. You've uh, oh, you've thanks. done a phenomenal job. Thank you. Oh, that's really that's lovely. I mean, uh, it's 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 not you know it can't just be me up there doing no. it. And people actually come up and they they commend me on producing it. And I don't I, you know I don't have all right. I don't write it. I don't produce it. Uh, I'm, I'm just uh, you know the, the face on the front, if you like. Um, uh, it's Paul that writes it, Paul Hendy, and um, and casts it. And obviously, it, it wouldn't be uh, fair of me to not give at least fifty percent of the credit to Ian Kirkby, who stands by my side and 
and dribbles uh, mostly um, <laughs> throughout the show. Uh, you know, we, we, we carry him, we carry him, but we get through it. Um, uh, his wig, uh, which gets uh, sodden with sweat. Um, every time he turns his head, we get a little splash across the face and I have to wipe my glasses. It doesn't matter because he's a comedy genius. And um, we he was my, the best man at my wedding, uh, Ian, and uh, always plays, uh, you know, for those who don't know, he plays all the multi-characters that we have in the panto, the comedy uh, henchmen, the kings, the... Uh, and I could not do, I literally couldn't do Panto at the Auburn Arena without him. He's, he's part, we've, we've, um, I don't know if you know this actually, we, one of the dressing rooms, uh, our dressing room uh, at the Auburn Arena, we completely re-wallpapered with all our comedy heroes. So we got the permission from uh, uh, Frank, lovely Frank Leclesio, who had he still been around now, he'd definitely be my St. Auburn's hero because he, he, that's a tough job running that theater and um he did a wonderful job as did uh, bev his successor um um but he allowed us to to redecorate this dressing room and if you go there now there's pictures of you know eric and ernie and tommy cooper and tony hancock and it's just it's covered in all our comedy heroes uh and so uh, it's become a sort i hope it's going to stay that way um we don't know oh, yeah. what the future uh holds for for the arena at the, at the moment but i hope uh that there i'm pretty sure it will still keep going and we'll be able to bring pantos again in uh, in, in the near future uh but uh yeah it's it's a special special little building that and and like i say i think 50 percent of the credit has to go to ian and, and the rest of the team they're or more than that 60 70 percent of it because they're they, they make the show the dancers you know the musicians who stick them up there in the in the balcony you don't really see them but they're phenomenal they're great and and all the other people that you see performing in the shows they've all earned their stripes touring the country and and a lot of them come straight hot-footed off a stage in the west end to come and entertain us uh, in the panto so i, I really don't want to take the credit no. really i yeah. mean it's nice to be the phrase face on the front and the one that people say thanks to but uh it, you know it wouldn't be fair to not mention them they're, they're amazing yeah, and do you know what Bob I think that's a that's a beautiful response and probably the response that I was expecting of you you, you know you're not you're ever going to take full credit and look that's just that's just lovely we're a team it's a team game it's a family yeah, that's the yeah. word isn't it for Panto it's all about yeah. family you can take grandma and you can take the little ones and yourself and there's something in there for everyone the 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 the, the slightly cheekier jokes go over the heads of the kids and lamb land firmly in the laps of the of the grown-ups <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's the secret of it and that's a lot of that is in the writing so that's that's all yeah. Andy's job. Well, I hope it look I hope whatever time of year even if it's a hot August I hope as soon as that Auburn arena opens that the panto comes straight back and you know why wait till Christmas let's come on let's get it on let's I know summer. well listen I mean I, I think I'm in I can say that we've we've had lots of ideas. We thought possibly doing a uh, an Easter panto, um, yeah. but again, it's all pending the situation. We're back in August. Yeah. We were we were thinking, look, do we do a panto? Can we do a panto? Um, and Paul and Emily sort of called it correctly. I think that you can't half do panto. You've got to full out do it. Um, and although some venues have done it successfully, most of them finish before uh, were pulled. You know, were pulled before the. The, their end of their run because of the figures coming up again and it's just you know fighting a loser battle Nikki and I watched uh, Hamilton o over Christmas and oh my god we were in bits not not just yeah. because we were watching an amazing piece of theatre but because we can't watch amazing pieces of theatre in in the theatre at the moment that's what you know our, all our hearts are breaking right now and uh, I'm, I, you know I don't want to get political about it because we can all whinge and moan and say oh no it's our industry suffering but if we if we can't express ourselves artistically, then what are we as humans? What what's the difference between us and you know amoebas and fish or whatever? We <laughs> we have the ability to do that, and it's what we strive for. Uh, and if you if you're not creative, then you can enjoy others' creativity. So the sooner we can get that back on its feet, the better. Yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely, a hundred percent behind you on that. Yeah. Um, we all look, but whenever I talk to you, we always go for a tangent. I love that. I just love that. Have we um, overrun? Have we? Have we got to cut it short now? No, no, we're not cutting short. Uh, we're we're going to keep going. Don't you worry. Um, <laughs> right. So uh, where were we? God. Um, question number five. Oh, the question. What, right. Right. Go on. What is your perfect St Albans day? 
from start to finish. Oh, right. OK, let's make this a quick one because we can waffle on other questions then. Um, <laughs> it's easy. Uh, once you wake up, you know, have a little walk through the town, uh, the, sorry, the city centre. You, uh, you head down Fishbowl Street, look at all the amazing old properties down there. And you head to the Waffle House for Elevenses. Uh, with good friends and a nice coffee. Uh, I mean, the coffee mugs in there are about the size of a bucket. I've always come out of there sort of really buzzing because you just, oh, just have one coffee, please. And it's got enough caffeine in it, to, you know, to kill three camels. They'll come out shaking, but it's delicious. And, of course, the waffles, you can have savoury or sweet. Love that. Walk up the city through the park and up to the cathedral. Um, I, I'm, I don't really have a faith, but um, I'm really inspired by that building you know the cathedral is just such an awesome sight to behold on the top of the hill there um I, we often walk through we light a candle for someone um just a walk around i've always you know the kids have grown up knowing and appreciating the building it's got the longest nave in europe you know the longest nave um and you know just all the history there and the underground tunnels that uh, I think they probably exist. The, the Christo Tfali's the man to ask. In his cellar, he's he look he's, he's seen that sort of gaps in the bricks in the cellar and says that 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 if you shine a torch, you can see that that's actually a little sort of tunnel that goes somewhere. And it goes. I love the thought of these monks, you know, just kind of going. Oh, I'm just um just going to do prayers and then nipping <laughs> down the pub and having a couple of pints of mead. You know, it's, it's that that whole imagery. It just conjures up this huge sort of British uh, romantic image doesn't it i love it it's uh, oh yeah what was the question <laughs> yeah don't know a uh, perfect day you, you, oh yeah you're, you're about lunch time at the moment yeah we haven't got halfway through it yet so that brings right. me to the fighters so we're there in the fighting cocks with the uh, you know with christo there with all the wonderful staff and the garden and you know all the things that he puts on i remember meeting christo for the first time and going all oh, right yeah we've got a right old fella here he's got some spin on him hasn't he he said, I'm going to grow my own vegetables there. I'm going to put events on in the garden. I'm going to make a big uh, area here for people to have barbecues and really good barbecue. He's done everything and more that he said he was going to do, uh, which is why it's, it's even more heartbreaking to see places like that shut right now. But we're not. Yeah. I'm trying not to dwell on all the negativity that's going on at the moment. And I know if anyone can come out of this, uh, Christo will and, uh, and smelling of roses as well, I'm sure. So, yeah, there's lunch. Lunch there, amazing. I mean, there's so many choices of places for lunch. But um, I would pick there because of lovely beer and good selections of wines. Uh, then I think I'd, you know, head up to the uh, to the city and walk around the market. We're very lucky to be a market uh, town, city, uh, and uh, enjoy all the way. Uh, do they still do the, 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 the French market? Uh, I mean, not now, obviously. Yeah. But- so occasionally, yeah, occasionally. And maybe not farmers farm. market as well, which is farmers market is still going on. I think that's been really popular with people getting food and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Then you know, there's so much to walk walk around and see. Um, I'll probably end up in another pub. To be honest, it's it's going to be quite a boozy day. But um, if I've got the whole day off and with with the good people of St Albans, then uh, that's what everyone does. You know. Perhaps head up to the library, look at the books that you can read the next day when you've got a hangover, but then come back out again, go back, and obviously spend the evening at the Auburn Arena seeing one of one of your heroes. Um, I'm, I'm yeah. you know that that it it gets a lot of uh, stick the the building, and let's face it, it's not the the most beautiful uh, of of buildings, but it's got the biggest heart, and it, it really is the. Uh, the, the, the pulse of the city i think because yeah. it's a cross between it's 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 unfortunate that it's just not big enough to do number one tours so you can't go and see big west end shows there but you can see you know heroes that you didn't even know were still out there pj proby you know the 60s bands all that that come out and, and do the rounds and they all sell really well in the stand-up comics and we've tried to do theater theater there before it's a it's a it's a big old barn of a room as you know and um it feels a bit, um, a bit. Uh, it doesn't feel great with the spoken word. I mean, we do the panto, obviously, but that's got a huge PA and we've got head yeah. mics on. But with, I don't know if it would, it would work with, you know, a classical bit of uh, a play or, uh, I don't know, maybe it would. Uh, it's, do, you know what, do you know what I like about it? I, w- I was lucky enough. I went to the 50th anniversary show, I think it was called. Yeah, the gala. Yeah. We did, the, we did yeah. the gala. It was two two years ago, I think it was, or was it? Yeah. Oh, and um the the kind of um 
the, the kind of different genres, everything that was on stage, everyone that was performing and obviously had a relationship with that building. Um, and everyone just seemed to enjoy performing there. Yeah. Everyone seemed to like. And I remember, I remember an interview with Jimmy Carr, uh, the comedian, years and years ago. And he yeah. loved performing at St Albans because I think it was probably close to home. But he said it was big enough that he could test the audience. Yes. But small enough that he could sort of feel like it was an old comedy club. That's right. It's become, I think it has become quite well known in the, in the stand-up comedy circle yeah. to, to test out new material. Yeah. Just because we, we're a good audience. You know, St Albans are a really good audience. Yeah. And I think, I think you're right. It's, it's, it's not quite beautiful on the outside, but it is very beautiful on the inside. Amazing. I mean, you, there's, there's a mosaic. There's a Roman mosaic under, you know, as you come in, the, the foyer there, you've got all those sort of 1980s blue carpet tiles. Underneath <laughs> that blue carpet tile is this huge Roman mosaic. And I can't believe we haven't done anything with it. I've, I've been trying to say, look, we must do something. We've got other problems right now. But when, yeah. you know, in the future, I'm really hoping that gets utilised or at least moved bit by bit and put somewhere where people can really enjoy. It's amazing. But that that would be where the, the evening w- would, uh, would finish, that's, I think. That's a lovely day. And I think if we can't resurrect the carnival, uh, which I'm pushing for you, um, yeah. We should do a pub crawl with Bob. We should do something like that. It sounds amazing. Yeah. I mean, there's enough. Well, hopefully there'll be enough pubs after we come out of this to, that's, that have survived uh, to, to go to. But, yeah, I mean, hopefully new ones will start emerging. Who knows? Yeah. Um, let's get back some music. Song number five. Yeah. Uh, what have you got for us? Love the Water Boys. Absolutely love the Water Boys. Uh, we flew to uh, Berlin just before lockdown for uh, beginning of last year um to see the war just to see the water boys in berlin they were incredible so i was hoping you had their version of this song but um it's a really really important song in our life uh mickey and i because our wedding vows uh, were made of partly of the lyrics of this song uh, and partly of the lyrics of bring me sunshine at morecambe and wise um and also our daughter nella who's nearly two was born to this tune uh it's so um we, we did a hypnobirth thing and it all didn't go quite as planned as they never do uh and nikki was sort of taken into surgery and said right we're going to go for a c-section now we go okay everyone's slightly panicking and i put my put my scrubs on uh and nikki was all a bit shaky and i was like don't worry it'll be all right darling it's fine so and then um one of the nurses said um uh, you can put some music on now if you want. So I scrambled. I was trying to find. I took this little speaker with me. I was trying to find the Waterboys version of of How Long Will I Love You, which is the song that is really important to us. Um, and in my nervousness and shakiness, I, I found it in my in my bank. But it was the Ellie Goulding version of it. So Nella, our daughter, was born to this version uh, of um, Ellie Goulding singing How Long. Uh, wow, that was uh, Ellie Goulding. Uh, How long will I love you? Uh, did that bring back some memories? Oh, just gets me uh, on every time. I, I, I'm in danger of making this a sort of heart-wrenching episode of your <laughs> show, Matt. I'm sorry. But um, we've uh, actually, uh, Nella's middle name is Alice, uh, which is quite a weird name, but it basically is the initials of as long as stars are above you. Uh, that's that's her name. And uh, uh, for Christmas, wow. um, I bought her a star called Alice. No, you know, you can register an, uh, a star name. So uh, above us somewhere is this the star of Alice looking down at us all the time, which uh, some might say I'm over-romanticising it, but um, for me it's it's really important, and I just love that song. And Mike Scott, who wrote it, is one of the world's greatest uh, songwriters, I think. Amazing. Quality. Um, so, question number six. Now, you, Bob, are obviously the closest thing to a mayor, in my eyes. Um, but... <laughs> If you were officially mayor for the day, what what would you do? Oh God, this is uh, this is such a loaded question, isn't it? Because it kind of invites politicism. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you've done here, mate. But trying to remain as uh, happily neutral as I can, um, I think um, I would obviously uh, invest in the arena. I would I would look at changing as much as we can about the structure of it, uh, pumping some money into it. We're very lucky. I don't know if it's been announced 
uh, officially in the papers yet. I think it has that in Harpenden, the Harpenden public halls has, has closed, obviously, uh, but not just because of COVID, but, but also because it was due to be closed and, and pulled down um, after being built in 30, 1939, I believe it was. They've rebuilt a new multifaceted, as I'm sure you know, building in um, in the in the park there in, in Harpenden. The name was Roth- Rotherhithe Park. Yeah, um, yeah. and. Uh, they're going to be calling it, I hope I'm not jumping the gun here, but they're going to be calling it the Eric Morecambe Centre, which is just wonderful. It's going to be a 540-seater, I think, amazing wow. facility, uh, multi-facility um, building for events and for theatre and for shows and for pantos and for um, sporting events. It's, I think it's just the, the, you know, the real building, the swimming pool and the athletics bit and all that kind of stuff as well. So it's great. All the attention's there at the moment. But being patron of the Auburn Arena... Um, I, as mayor, would would just convince everyone to to give a massive bursary to that building, to the Auburn Arena, to just bring it up to date. There's a lot of things we could do to it. We could extend bits, and um, there's very little wing space there. It's a huge, great big wide mouth of a stage, a cross arch. It's so wide, one of the widest in the country, I think. It's huge, but there's just no wing space, so we need to use the sides a little bit more and perhaps a a redesign there and at the back. I think things were talked about in the council to, to possibly do that. Uh, but then um, the wonderful museum, uh, the, the town hall, the, the, that all the attention went there. So the Auburn Arena always just, just misses out on that attention. So I think I'd kind of convince my council to to <laughs> to, to change things there and, and just give it a spruce up and, and the love too. and attention that it deserves. Yeah, because we've got the following, you know, it's it's been yeah. tough. It's been so tough over this time because, um, uh, again, without getting too political, uh, it's it's really hard to know what to do about refunds uh, and, and the company running it are doing their best. They're really, really fighting hard to, to, to do the right thing. Um, but the, the policy at the moment, I think, is that they can't give refunds uh, and they're waiting to reschedule the events. Uh, but of course, you know the, the audiences do deserve their money back if they want their money back, and um, it's a it's a difficult situation there that I'm trying not to get too involved in because it does it has rattled the cage of quite a lot of people, and we're at danger of losing a lot of our patronage there because of it, which um, I can completely understand, but also kind of, you know, when I, I booked several shows and and music live events. And I've not asked for money back on any of them yet. I mean, I need the money. Don't get me wrong. But, I've, you know, so does the art. The arts needs every single penny and more. Uh, and even though we were granted, um, uh, I think it was just under 200 grand uh, out of the, the government arts funding, that I mean, that will just get swallowed so, so quickly. Uh, the, the building's falling apart, starting to fall apart from neglect because it's not being used and there's no one in there. They, um, the staff are furloughed and there's some staff in there now trying their best to keep it going so again I've done, I've done sort of appeals on radio and telly and all sorts of stuff just to say look please keep your faith please if you can be patient and I know some people can't if you do have an issue then contact the council uh to get to get things shaken up a bit and you've got your mayor there mayor bob golding who'll sort everything out <laughs> oh fantastic well yeah i look everyone is uh, yeah it is a tricky uh, it's a tricky time and i think uh, arts and culture it it got talked about but probably not at the level it should have um you know i have friends who work in theaters and stuff and it yeah. you know we're we have we have to have something to come back to guys you know yeah um, you know we need to keep these places going we need somehow to keep these places going so yeah which currently will take a long time because you can't just go oh covid's gone right reopen uh because there's no marketing budget there's no maintenance budget there's nothing there um to, to kind of find a financial backbone and there's obviously now that the circle has been broken there's no kind of rolling income or turnover so it's it's literally starting from scratch again so we are all just going to have to nurture it as as uh, a saint albanite uh, and take it under our wing and, and and support it as much as we possibly can really because the arts they they've taken a massive kick out of this and of course you understand why we're all being very patient uh, but we, we just need the support of of the community when it when things do start getting a bit better because we won't be able to turn it on straight away i don't think no no 
Oh, Ooh, it's got all serious, isn't it? Should we change it? Should we do something else now, Matt? It's quite serious for Mayor, but, you know, fair play. That's your job. That's your job. True. Um, let me take you back to non-mayoral days. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's song number six? What have you got for us? Oh, Matt, well, I, we live on a boat. We're, we're, we sadly had to leave St Albans because there's just not the body of water in St Albans for a boat of our size to be on. So we're now on the River Nen in or Nene, depending on where you're from, um, in, in Northamptonshire. So we're out at an hour up the M1, basically, um, in, a, in, a, in a gorgeous wide beam, 70 foot long by 12 and a half foot wide um, uh, houseboat, if you like. Um, and in the summer, we, we were so lucky this summer, weren't we, Matt, with the weather? Yeah. It was just gorgeous. And so we just literally just sat out on, on the dock of the bay. <laughs> uh, that's not a tenuous link. I don't know what it is. And that was Otis Redding sitting on Dock of the Bay. You know, the wonderful uh, thing about that song, Matt, is you know at the end there that you can hear, you can think you can hear sort of seagulls and dolphins kind of going. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Do, you, do you remember? Can you? you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. That he, he actually did that with his guitar, his, with his pick on the guitar okay. strings. It's amazing. Wow! Wow! I think, never. Well, it's not just never, an interview; it's an education. An exclusive. There you go. Um, I would love to talk for hours about you living on a boat but um because i'm very i'm very jealous i follow you on social so i know your uh, sea life um is is it as good as it sounds i'd love to live on a boat yeah, i wake up to the sound of captain pugwash theme tune every morning uh, oh. and, no we're, we're on a river aren't we so we're not we're not we're not salty sea dog just yet that might be in my retirement but um yeah it's so lovely it's just so calming it doesn't matter what the weather or the season. I mean, it's been really miserable and rainy recently, hasn't it? And just hearing the, the rain on the roof is so calming. Um, you know, I suffered a bit from anxiety at the beginning of all this in March and April, um, quite badly, actually. And I didn't really know. I think a lot of us were questioning what what, what happens beyond this. You know, where, where are we doing? Start to panic. Uh, and we weren't on the boat yet. It wasn't till May we actually got on board the boat. But when we did... Everything changed. My shoulders came down. The scenery around us, you know, there, there's. I'm told there's an otter. We've not seen it just yet. There's a kingfisher. All the world, wildlife around us is is right there, just outside the window. And and Nella, growing up, seeing that is. I'm so so grateful for having this. And people always say, "Isn't it cold? Isn't it cold in the boat?" It's not cold. We've got central heating and we've got a multi fuel fire. Um, we've got um, a very fangled toilet called a Cinderella toilet keeping the panto theme which is an incinerator which uh, which burns which burns everything matthew it burns it uh, uh and so we're kind of self-contained a little bit off grid not completely off grid uh we're, we're, we're attached to the electric uh, on shoreline shore power uh, but everything else is just it just feels right oh, you know it feels sounds right so nice. sounds so nice i'm so jealous oh, thank uh, you. Uh, i'm glad i'm glad and also i'm glad that that move has has helped uh, and uh, yeah, and uh, as I have hope... everyone else, you know, because if you talk to your mates, you find out that you know you're not the only one, really. And uh, that's been a massive help for me. And I'm sure have oh, you no. have you struggled as well, Matt? Have you had moments? Yeah, I won't lie. I think um, I try. I'm quite a positive person. I try and stay positive for the people around me. Uh, but when I know that they're all right, I can then maybe take a moment to have a little think. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's. Um, I think I'm similar to you, but like, I can't complain. I, you know, I don't have it as bad as others. No. You know, I, I, I have some outdoor space. I have a garden. I don't live in a flat. You yeah. know, and I think, yeah. I think about those people more so. You know, how hard can it be? And sure. I, I, if I didn't have exercise, I think I would have really struggled. Uh, oh right. Spot. So what? Would you run or cycle? What? Around, up and out on my bike, and yeah. that it made me. It helped with thinking about stuff and getting out and about, and yeah. yeah it does um, make you, such a difference, doesn't it? That because you just it releases endorphins and stuff, doesn't it? In within yeah, you, yeah, just to get out and move away from screens or whatever. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. So um, nice one, good. good. Man. Keep um, keep it up. Yeah, thanks, but I really appreciate that. Uh, no one's ever asked me a question on this show, so I, I was a bit. <laughs> I was a bit like, what? what? Me? I can't answer anything. That's not what. Well, they must be sick of listening to me by now, blimey. Um, so um, it, we're almost at the end. Oh, God, I'm so... Oh. My beautiful friend, the end. Uh, 
I, I want it to go on forever. Um, so, such <laughs> a liar. Bob, God, future. The the world's gonna turn, and we're all gonna go back to you know what what have you got planned? What have you got planned for us? Uh, family wise, just to kind of keep what we've been doing during lockdown. I've I've felt so lucky to spend so much time with the people I love. Uh, haven't been able to. Like the first lockdown was was quite tough because um, my three kids who live in St Albans. They we 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 couldn't see each other, and it's twelve weeks. That was hell, uh, and we vowed not to do that. But um, so we've we created a bubble then thereafter, and we've managed to keep that up. Uh, and now you know I'm pleased that we that bubble's kept us all going really. Um, and we've got the room on the boat now, which is why we built this boat. So they they come and spend every other weekend here, and uh, and when the alternate weekends we come to St Albans and go on walks and and try and keep socially distanced I've, I've got this song that I do when I'm walking around just going walking 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 everywhere trying to avoid people trying to get some exercise trying to just see the outside we're walking 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 everywhere and we sing that <laughs> it's like the, the Von Trapp family uh <laughs> Just skipping around St Albans and uh, Northamptonshire, but I think it's a good pace as well. It's quite a nice step to keep, you know. Uh, so we, I, try, I try and do that. I'll do a lot more walking, I think, uh, post lockdown. Uh, Career-wise, uh, watch this space for a Morecambe film. We're, work, we're working on that at the moment. Uh, oh, as, wow. as you know, I did the one-man play. Uh, the brilliant writer Tim Whittle has has written a screenplay uh, called Bring Me Sunshine. Uh, about the, the based on the play basically um, through the eyes of Eric, the, uh, the the wonderful partnership of Morecambe and Wise and Eric and Ernie. Uh, so I'm hoping something will come uh, into fruition with that. I mean, we we nearly started that journey last year, and one of our backers pulled out, uh, and so we're we're back on that track now, trying to find funding for it. But it's it, we did a little teaser, which is out there. I think it's on Vimeo. If you look up Mr. Sunshine. Uh, there's a little teaser for it there and also uh, the short film we did called The Last Laugh uh, as you know which we entered into the St Albans Film Festival Um, that's good and that's Paul Hendy again Uh, he wrote and directed that but Tim Whittle wrote the play and the screenplay so hopefully fingers crossed that will continue Uh, and in the meantime my sort of the spine of my work the bread and butter really is, is voiceover stuff so I do uh, I'm currently the voice of Oral B, GoPro, Brush Like a Pro. I do all that kind of stuff, <laughs> which which is great because I've got a home studio now and we can just do it from here, which is lovely. So hopefully more of that. Uh, and just, uh, I think I'm probably going to spend the first three years post-lockdown every weekend spending it with um, one of the friends that have um, and family members who've got me and us through the last nearly year. So that's, I think that's important. We've kind of earned, learned a lesson, really, haven't we, about what we really need, and what we really need is uh, each other. Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, very true. I think, um, yeah, I think going forward, I think we'll take the good stuff and we'll leave the bad stuff behind. Yeah, hope so. Yeah, I mean, we can. T- there's a lot of good to be had from this, and we can philosophize about it as much as. The next man, but it's um, if you don't take the good out of it, then um, you're going to just go in a downward spiral again, aren't you? So it's 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 time to learn what we needed to learn and come out of it. Um, I, I hope that we get through the next four years of this very difficult government. <laughs> I've got to put that in somewhere. Yeah, uh, that no. I'm, find, I'm finding very hard to um, approve of their decisions, their lack of decisions. Blah 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 blah. Said it now. Um, and uh, I'm a, a member of the Green Party. I don't mind admitting that. And uh, my good mate uh, Simon Grover is still there. Uh, he's doing his bit. So, and I would always push for more ecological things. That's one of the reasons why we moved onto a boat. Just to kind of, we don't have, we don't use any water at all on, on in the bathroom as such, apart from running water to wash with. Obviously, the toilet doesn't let use any water at all. And just try and keep. That's going to be our next crisis, I think, as humans, as it has been for the last however many years is is quickly we have to start changing our lifestyles for the better uh this has given us time someone came up with this idea of all of us having a lockdown week every year every every single year from now on there should be a lockdown week where we all go out and uh, help the environment you know we do litter picking or we plant some trees or we do some bird spotting do something to help the environment and bring the planet back to where it should be because we've done enough the other way to damage it 
I mean, I, I love that there's been minimalized flights throughout this whole thing because we slowed that process down. Now we've got to do it for real after we got rid of this virus. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, as I said earlier about exercise, when I've been out on my bike or been out running it, 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 it felt so much nicer without the traffic. And I look, yeah. let's not get too political and we need certain forms of traffic. I get that, but yeah. we don't need to be all of it. No. Uh, we, do you really need to make that journey? Can, instead of driving to that big supermarket, why not? Do, why not just use your local grocery? I know it's more expensive at times, but you can use it for some things that are, uh, you know, walk yeah. down there or cycle down there or just use it as a family thing to do rather than going, right, I'm just nipping there to buy this, to buy that, to buy that. You know, we've all learned really my parents are in their 80s. They've actually bought stuff online in the last year. <laughs> it's incredible. They well, don't trust that before that. I don't trust that, Robert. And I was like, Dad, it's completely safe. And now they're realising that it is. And, yeah. um, you know, and the wonder of click and collect. This <laughs> is just great. Well, no, good luck on that. Uh, the, especially with the film. Uh, my fingers are crossed. I, Thanks, um, mate. Yeah. That's great. Fingers... You know, any wonderful investors out there, you know, contact us. <laughs> uh, well, and, and also, if you need any extras. <clears throat> uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Have you got um, short, fat, hairy legs? No, you haven't because you cycle. um let's end with your final song um and it's a good one to end on what have you got ah it's my wife's favorite song ever actually uh she doesn't know i've selected this one um, so hopefully it'll be a nice Ah. nice surprise um but we uh we were lucky enough to go on honeymoon um uh, uh, to well we went to la we went to vegas and i I saw that elton john was playing at caesar's palace in vegas and i managed to bag some tickets quite near the front as well they cost an arm and a leg, but I thought this is going to be the only time in our lifetime we're going to see Elton live. Um, and he was, he was just breathtaking. And it's what, he's one of those artists that kind of whatever your tastes in music are, you like one or two of his songs. You know, he's, he's, he's covered so many genres and so many decades that you can't ignore it. And um, we, we, we sat down and it was, it was the million dollar, million dollar piano tour that he did. And when he came out the room, Caesar's Palace is huge. It just erupted. And then he started playing this song. Uh, and I, I defy anyone in that in, in that situation not to shed a, a little tear because it's the music of all of our generations. Uh, so m- the, the last, the final song. And that was Tiny Dancer Tiny by Dancer. Elton John. <sighs> Mr. Holden, thank you so much. I am phenomenally grateful. You've, you've, You've made my evening. Um, I, as an, I've look, taken up I, enough of it, haven't I? <laughs> I, I, I look, I, I've met you a few times through the uh, the film festival, and you know, met you in uh, social occasions, and yeah, whatever time of day, you've always got time to say hello. You're always positive, um, and I, I'm so grateful for that. I, every time I meet you, you literally, you know, you bring a smile to my face, and. For you to come on to my little show has has actually made my uh, made my night. So thank you oh, so much. Cheers, and this has been My St Albans, and this was Bob Gold. My St Albans was presented by Matthew Big. Production editing was by Troy Williams. You can find more local people talking about their lives and the local area in the podcast series. Just subscribe on your favourite podcast platform. If you'd like to support our free podcasts, head to radioverulam.com slash donate. Thank you.